I would like to bring your attention right now to the word of the Lord, found in Acts chapter 19 and verse 2, right through to verse chapter 6. He said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since he believed? And he said unto him, We have not so much heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said unto John baptism. Then said Paul, John very baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And I would like to tell this message today to you in Raiderland, being born of the Spirit. Here we read the Apostle Paul as he confronted some professed believers who claimed to be followers of Christ and had the plan of God settled in their heart and the record on high was all right in their favor. And Paul, discerning that they had not gone the full distance, had said to them in three questions, basically, what is your belief? How were you baptized? And have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Those are three pertinent questions then, and those questions are still relevant for today in Radio Land. Let me go back to the beginning of time. We look in the book of Genesis, chapter 1 and chapter 2. We read about God as he stooped down to the ground, picked up the lump of clay, and began to mold fashion a man. And then God actually had structured him. He began to breathe into his nostril, and man became a living soul. But God, as time went on, found that man needs to go beyond just being a living soul. And so from now on, henceforth onward, man had to somehow climb up the ladder of redemption that he might someday become a quickening spirit. Now, the Bible tells us sin is the transgression of the law of God. The law came to us and gave us knowledge of sin. But God found that the law was insufficient in itself to help man to live the way that he ought to have lived. So law identified sin. But the law could not give men power to live about sin. So what we had was men living in condemnation, living every day, making resolutions that he could not keep. And so God saw that mankind was captive of the devil at will. God saw that in flesh that they could not please God. Man that is born of a woman is filled with sorrow because he lacked the ability to live righteously. And so God, knowing that enmity was established through the irregular sin that was handed down from, from Adam right through to all of us that live in society today, God knew that man had a need. He had a need to be born again. His first birth was corrupt, born in sin, shaped in iniquity. God had the final plan how he could emancipate men. The law was not sufficient to that. In the Old Testament plan, we found that once a year, only one man alone was qualified to go there 
beyond and into the holy of holies. That area signified the Holy Spirit, which God would someday reveal to us. There was the ark and other pertinences that pertains to God, but no other man could enter behind there. And so we find that man longed to get in fellowship with God. As we said before in time past, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship God in spirit and in truth. The flesh cannot glorify God. The flesh can't please God. The flesh is enmity with God. And so God knew that you need the Spirit of God. But somehow you and God could fellowship and participate in sweet communion without having any enmity thereby. We see traces in the Bible where traces of the Holy Spirit of God moved upon men. It moved upon the seventy elders of Moses. It moved upon Balaam to prophesy about the coming Messiah. It moved upon Othniel, one of the judges. It moved upon Gideon to win wars. It moved upon Samson to destroy the Philistines. It moved upon Saul when he was made king. And it moved upon David when he was crowned and anointed by Samuel with the oil of the Lord Jesus Christ. We notice also all through time men have longed to experience what it was like to live an overcoming life. What it was like to be full of the Holy Ghost. But no man seemed able, no man seemed capable to become a possessor of the power of God. But God had promised through the prophet Ezekiel in chapter 36, verse 26 to 27. But God said about a day would come when that man would be given a new heart, man would be given a new spirit and a new mind. And he says, I will take away his stony heart and give him a heart of flesh and give the new mind so he could have the spirit of God in him. God was talking about the spirit. He said, I'll put that spirit in man and man would walk up and down in my presence and we could have fellowship. But the time had not yet come because I'm talking about 587 B.C. But prior to that, that great prophet Joel in chapter 2 and verse 28, he also prophesied as one of the great prophets of God said, It shall come to pass in the last days, said God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, upon your sons, upon your daughters, and they shall prophesy. I could see Joel as he talked about the coming day when men would be emancipated from the domination of sin and the flesh, and how men would become recipients of the Holy Spirit of God. That was in 800 B.C., 800 years before Christ came, and then Ezekiel came and talked about it. But between those two times, we find Isaiah, the prophet, the great prophet of God, in Isaiah 28, in verse 10 to 12, he said, with seven lips and another tongue, Will God speak to this people? To whom he said, This is the rest. Now if he would cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing. I see God is moving closer to humanity. I see God is bringing heaven down into the bosom of hope, into men's living. And so the prophet Ezekiel and Isaiah and Joel prophesied about the time that would come when God would pour out his spirit upon all flesh. But then we come to 400 years of silence after all Malachi talked. And God said, all right, I'm not going to strive with men anymore. And so the prophets 
speak, quit prophesying. But so long, God did not quit dealing with man. He was about to reveal the great plan known to man. I see John the Baptist as he walked down to the Jordan River. Then he comes full of the anointing of the power of God. And he prophesied about one coming whose shoe lasted. He's the one to open up him. He said, when he comes, he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. He talked about the baptism to come that Jesus Christ would bring. That was right in the intertestament period when he predicted that Jesus Christ would come and he would pour out the Holy Ghost with baptism of Holy Ghost and fire. Not just a little firecracker, but I mean real intense incandescent fire that would come from the Messiah. Then Jesus Christ was born. And I see Jesus Christ as he walked towards John. And John was to baptize him. And Jesus says, come on, John, baptize me. And God said, not so long. I have need of the baptism that you come to baptize us for with. John knew that Christ had come to baptize the world with the Holy Ghost and power. And he knew what Christ had nobody else had ever had. Because in John 7, 38, 39, Jesus points out cried, and a feast of any man thirst, let him come unto me, and out of thirst shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Holy Ghost, which they that believe on him should receive, because Christ was not yet glorified, the Holy Ghost was not yet given. And so in John chapter 14 and verse 17, we find Jesus Christ begin to reveal some more to his disciples. He says, the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. He's living with you. He was talking about himself in chapter 20 and verse 22. After Christ arose from the dead and ascended to heaven and came back in his glorified body, he found disciples in a room that was locked. He walked through the door. When he walked through the door, he breathed on them. Does that remind you of something? It reminds the same God that made Adam and Eve and stooped down in the ground and breathed in their nostrils. This time God is going to breathe himself into us. God with us and God now in us. And so Jesus Christ, he breathed on them and says, Receive he the Holy Ghost. Did they receive it then? No. But he was signifying that the Holy Ghost would be coming out of him. That's why he said, if I don't go away, the comforter can't come. When he was on earth in the body form, he was the comforter in physical uh, proportions. But when he left and came back, he said, I'm coming in the spirit. I am living with you and I shall be in you. He was talking about being born of the spirit. Then we read Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, what seems to be the most satisfied in their life. Listen, Lord, are you leaving without establishing the kingdom? He said, boys, don't worry about that. The thing is to be asking me about is the power, the promised spirit. But I said, I'll give to you. He said, you shall receive power, dynamite power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He said, but go back in Jerusalem and pray until you begin to with power from on high. The prophecy was fulfilled because in John chapter 3 and verse 8, Jesus Christ symbolizes how the Spirit would come. It would come as a rushing mighty wind. Wind is power. Wind is force. It would come as a rushing mighty wind. And since when it comes, you would hear a sound 
not just the sound of the wind, but the sound of people responding to the wind. It's like the trees, when the breeze blows and gale force wind comes, those trees have got to bow, those leaves begin to wrestle and make sound. And so Christ used that symbolic reference that the sound shall be with everyone who received the Holy Spirit. They would make a sound. Did you make a sound when you got the Holy Ghost? In Mark chapter 16 and verse 17, he further explained how you would know when you have received the Spirit among the many signs of a believer. He said, These signs of not believe in my name. They shall speak with new tongues. That coincide with Isaiah 28, verse 10 through to verse 12. Now, we come to the fulfillment of the promise of the birth of the Holy Spirit. You see, when Christ brought the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, at chapter 2 and verse 4, they were in one place in one accord. It was on a Sunday morning, just like this morning, when God sent the Holy Ghost down from heaven as a resting mighty wind. A hundred and twenty believers, these are chartered saints of God who walked with Him, and they were endued with power. They were filled with the Spirit of God. And they began to speak with tongues as the Holy Ghost gave utterance. And by this time the people came and began to listen to what was going on. And just like a tree would behave in the boisterous wind, so these men contorted, so they gyrated, so they act like they were drunken. Why? Because the Spirit was power. It was dynamic. It was moving them. They were not static. They were under the influence of the intoxicating power of the Holy Ghost. And some thought they were mad, and some thought they were out of their mind. But I see the apostle, as he began to explain what was taking place, Peter said, we're not drunk as you suppose, but this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel. And so come to pass, God says, I'll put my spirit upon all flesh. To this agreed also Ezekiel chapter 36, 27. And also, Isaiah 28, verse 11 and 12. These prophets agree because of the mouth of two or three witnesses. So all the scripture be confirmed. All the scriptures detail. They talk about the day. And so, we know you receive the Holy Ghost when you speak with tongues. Then we move on. We see 3,000 souls were added to the church. This was the inauguration. This was the beginning. When God brought on the New Testament period, did you know that in the Old Testament, on the law, 3,000 souls were slain at Mount Sinai when they broke the law. But we find at Pentecost that the new dispensation of grace, when God threw out the Holy Ghost, 3,000 souls were filled with the Holy Ghost and they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. I want to ask you today, do you have the Holy Ghost? Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you understand the depth and the breadth of all this revelation that God has unfolded to us in these last days? And so we move on. We see divine consistency. We see a divine pattern. Oh, God told Moses, you build everything according to the pattern that I've shown you. God established the pattern in Acts chapter 2 and verse 4. And there's consistency in Acts chapter 10 and verse 44 to 48 in Caesarea. We find Cornelius' household. They too received the blessed baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they knew they received the Holy Ghost because they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. Do you have that experience? 
Can we move on to Acts chapter 19 and verse 6 and look at the Ephesian believers? Again, we find collaboration and consistency. We see here John's disciples who thought they were saved, and Paul knew they did not, and had not the Holy Ghost, and said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said, we have not so much heard. He said, boys, let me tell you, you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost, as it was prophesied by Joel, as prophesied by Isaiah, as predicted by Ezekiel, as received on the day of Pentecost. You've got to have the same experience. And so, my friend, they were being in chapter 19, verse 6 of Acts, and they were the Holy Ghost and they speak with tongues and prophesy. We move on to Apostle Paul. He got saved in Acts 22 16. There we find Apostle Paul. He was converted and God said, Wash away thy sins. And then he tells us in 1 Corinthians 14 that I speak with tongues more than ye all. That confirmed Acts chapter 9, verse 1 to 5. He did receive the Holy Ghost and he did talk in tongues. In 1 Corinthians 14, 39, Paul says, don't you forbid speaking with tongues. If you don't talk in tongues, my friend, you don't have the Holy Ghost. You might have some spirit, but not the Holy Spirit. You better check out what you've got. You better examine yourself according to 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 5 to 8. Make sure you're going to reprobate. Make sure you've got the Holy Ghost, otherwise you're not going to get through the gate. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Do you have the signs as shown in Mark 16, 17? It says you shall speak with new tongues. Does your experience conform to Isaiah 28 and verse 11? He said, another tongue I'll speak to this people. Does your experience con confine or, con or, or somehow conform to 1 Corinthians 14, 21? Do you have the experience of speaking in tongues? If your answer is no, my friend, someone shall change you. You need to go back to where you got that problem. You've got the wrong thing. You need a real thing. Go back to the book of Acts chapter 4, and there you'll find how to get it. Now, let me ask you today. Examine yourself. See if you've got the Holy Ghost. Isaiah 28 and verse 11 will check you out. John 2, 28 says they prophesied and speak with tongues. John chapter 3 and verse 8 says that there will be a sound when you are born again of the Spirit. Mark 16, 17 says that they will speak with new tongues. First Corinthians 14 verse 2 says you will speak with tongues to God and not to men. And then First Corinthians 14, chapter 14 verse 39 says forbid not to speak with tongues. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? What have you received? Is it genuine? Gospel believe not every spirit, but private spirit, and see if it's of God. Did someone told to say see my tie? No, you don't see my tie. Did someone told to say jibba dabba jibba dabba? And that's talk. That's a bunch of nonsense, my friend. You need the genuine. That's the spirit gives utterance. That's how you'll know you have the Holy Ghost speaking of the tongues, because you speak to God, not unto men. You say, Oh, well, I pray, but I've received the Holy Ghost. Well, number one, you need to repent of your sins. Clean up your temple so God can fill your temple with the Holy Ghost. And the Bible of the Holy Ghost was given, number two, to them that obey Him. And God will not put a spirit in an unclean temple. If you don't have the apostolic evidences and all the apostolic signs, then what you have is a counterfeit. And Romans 8, 9 says, If any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is unappeased. You are in danger of not getting through the gate. 
You're in danger of being left with fool's gold. My friend, you need a genuine. You need the, the, the certified seed. When you're born of the seed, my friend, you quit your smoking. You quit your gambling. You quit your cigaretting. And all these things that depict, amen, talked about the flesh. But I want to go back to the genuine. When you receive the Holy Ghost, you will receive it as an act. Chapter 2 and verse 4. Evidence by speaking with other tongues. You say, why tongue? I'll tell you why. Because the tongue can no man tame. The tongue is full of deadly evil. It will, according to James chapter 3, and Jesus says the tongue will be in the condition of the heart. If God's in your heart and God's in your mind, then your heart will speak abundantly by the tongue, and the tongue will reveal what's in your heart. So God says, by your word you'll be justified, and by your word you'll be condemned. Then you may receive the Holy Ghost among the Gentiles, because they heard them speak with tongues. Have you spoken in tongues yet? Watch out! You can also receive the counterfeit tongues that someone taught you to say. That's not genuine. The real tongue is when God tells you by the Spirit that you have received the Holy Ghost. And no man will understand that you received the Holy Ghost except God and the evidence is in the Bible. That's found Acts chapter 2 and verse 4. Let me pray for you right now. Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray for these souls that need the Holy Spirit as found in the Scripture. Touch their heart. Let them receive the genuine, the real thing, that they be not lost, God. For without the Spirit, they cannot go in the rapture. They need the Spirit that raised Christ from the dead to cast them up in the air. But you need the Holy Ghost. Have you received the Holy Ghost since he believed? My title of this message was Born of the Spirit. You have just heard the truth proclaimed from the Word of God. Or this tape, right to the Tabernacle of Praise, Box 5634, Fort McMurray, Alberta, Canada, T9H3G6. Why not invite your friends to tune to this station next week? Until then, this is Pastor Trevor Neal wishing you God's richest blessings.